Bless you. It's good to be back, my spiritual family. And Ryan, we're going to hear from Ryan tonight. He's going to inspire us and bring us to tears, I'm sure, because he's going to bring the spirit. And Christy, welcome again from Hawaii. Thank you. Thanks, Padre. <laughs> uh, just a week has gone by, but hasn't your life changed in that week? I also want to acknowledge every single person on this call tonight. You're a treasure to celebrating life. You're our spiritual family. And if we can inspire you to grow deeper in that union with your divine, that's really our intention, you know, throughout it. But I just want to say on behalf of Celebrating Life, thank you for being here. Thank you for supporting us. And I was talking to a, a client this morning, and she sometimes tunes into these Zooms, and she says, the presence that comes through, it's like attending a retreat or a West of Heaven, East of Heaven. And I agreed with her because there is a presence when we all show up two or more, that presence not follows us, but we follow his, her presence. And to me, it's very tangible. And I expect the same experience tonight for all of you, for yourselves personally, besides in your homes and in your relationships. But for Christy, so this past week, Here's a, here's a question off the top of my heart is this morning during your prayer time, what was different? There was this particular Zoom series because I've been a, a facilitator with you and Ryan has really uncovered a lot of areas where I'm still not totally trusting. So today I was really able to lean into the presence and feel that expansive space that's holding us all in a really big way, growing, growing, growing. So yeah. I love that. <laughs> There's that measurement in a sense. And, and because of your talk last week, why am I afraid really confronted me as well as most of us on the call of what am I afraid of? What am I afraid to step into? You know, that unknown. So we appreciate your words and your counsel last week, Christy. Thank you. So Brother Ryan, what was different about your prayer time or meditation this morning? Well, the first thing I did was listen to some songs that bring in presence for me. Mm -hmm. And it really opened my heart. And I just felt so much gratitude. I, you know, I took a lot of time this morning mm -hmm. for, for to be with God. And that's not always the case. I take that much time, but I really felt it was important to go deep, deeper. Uh, I, I like that. There's always something new every morning, the scripture says. But again, especially when you're preparing for a talk, we really do concentrate on that. For myself, not unusual for me to cry, but all of a sudden I had this experience of when I first got touched by the Holy Spirit, and it was the exact same thing downloaded. And I can't say that's been, has happened before. It was just like I was there again in presence. And remember, there's past, present, and future, but God is all of them. So I felt I experienced the real relationship with Jesus for that very first time. And it was, I was a sad sight <laughs> crying. <laughs> but it was such a good experience for me. So I wish that for everyone, that you can actually tap into that holy presence that you know that you know that you're loved by our creator. So with that said, Christy, would you open up our session with prayer? And thank you, Susan, for all your beautiful prayers and the hosting for the technical part of Brian and Miriam. Thank you so much. 
So would you open up with prayer for us tonight? Yes, Padre. Divine Presence, Father, Mother, God, we call you to be with each of us tonight, to be here now, and to be with those who will listen to this later. Open our hearts to your love, to your grace and kindness and compassionate mercy. Open our minds so that we may perceive your truth now. Open and expand our awareness to the knowing that you are with us now and always. Surrounding us, holding us, and loving us non-conditionally. Imbue us with your presence that we may feel your presence touching our lives, touching our hearts, supporting our family, our friends, and even the ones who challenge us most. We ask your presence to be with our communities, our state, our country, our world and beyond to all who are in need. Bless our dear brother Ryan tonight as he channels your light your divine message. We love you, God. Thank you. Amen. Amen. Wow. I love the prayer that we can enter in and just celebrate the presence that's around us. Tonight's topic or theme, uh, our brother Ryan gets to present tonight. It's about, can I trust God? And I think each of us, maybe in the past week, we had to encounter that question. Some of you that I know personally are still healing from COVID-19 or have someone in the, in, the, in the hospital or a loved one. So we all need to take another step when these obstacles come our way that can we step into that presence and have that presence support us. So with any further ado, please welcome Ryan Rigoli, a Celebrating Life Signs hello. <laughs> Thanks everyone. Thank you, Padre. And thank you, Christy, for that beautiful prayer and Susan for all the prayers. And it's just, everything's dead on with what we're going to share tonight. So it's interesting. This is my second talk about doors. <laughs> my first talk last year was about the gate, entering the narrow gate. So clearly spirit has something for me to learn about doorways and hallways and doorknobs and... <laughs> the other side of doors. So that's what I'd like to share tonight and is, is my experiences of that and, and to bring in the presence as well with all of us. So, so Bishop Dana, the very first call this year in beginning of January, he, he said that there was a, a passage in Revelations that spoke to him. And I just want to read that because this sets up what we're going to talk about today. So it says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him and eat with him. I will come to him and eat with him and he with me. And he also shared that oftentimes one of the biggest challenges is when we hear the voice, do we actually move to the door? It's that gap between listening and, and stepping forward. So we're going to share some of that this evening because the theme is about trust. One of the things that Bhagavan, Sri Bhagavan says from the oneness movement is that to, to have a door open, it takes both sides. It takes an effort on our part, and it takes the divine as well. 
the grace of the divine. So we're gonna we're gonna talk a little bit about that too. I love this picture because it's just such a there's such an energy of wonder here. So to me that speaks to it doesn't have to be so fearful, even if there is fear that we can still experience presence even in the midst of fear. And that's my experience oftentimes is that we can have presence. So as I was, it's interesting because as, as Dana was reading that passage uh, a few weeks ago, I was exploring another reference to the door in the, in the New Testament. And it was in John. And it's a, it's a, it's a longer parable. We're not going to go into all of it. And there's a piece of it here. My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. And so what I, what I love about this passage is it speaks to that voice uh, within us, that spirit of the indweller, the Holy Spirit within us. And, and it's about really attuning to that voice and getting to know that voice. And there's a promise here as well. So I'll just read a little bit of it. And this is Jesus. So for some people, this will be Jesus as a guide. For others, it will be other guides or Buddha or other masters. It doesn't really matter. What's important is that we get to know this voice because it, it can lead us into places that supports us no matter what circumstances we're in. So Jesus here says, yes, I am the gate. Those who come in through me will be saved. Another, saved meaning, in other words, find that inner abiding peace within us. They will come and go freely and will find good pastures. So that's the promise, that if we really attune to this voice and get to know it, that there is something waiting for us on, on that other side of the door, which is actually inside of us. One of the things I love about this parable was not just the parable, but what led up to the parable. And there's a story, which I'll get into in a moment. There's a story about the blind man and the healing of the blind man. And actually this parable that Jesus talks about the, the good shepherd here. The reason he spoke about it was because of the actual events of the blind man. And the disciples didn't fully understand what was going on when he healed the blind man, nor did the Pharisees. And so that's what I want to talk about is the story of the blind man. So the blind man, blind man, healing of the blind man was just a beautiful story. There's multiple characters in it. And anytime I read a passage from the Bible or any other sacred scripture, if there's a story, I always look at how am I all these characters? Because on a level of oneness, we are everything. But also just from a practical level, there, even if I'm not as egregiously acting like some of these characters, there are aspects of them within me. And that's when I really take a look and allow myself to see. It allows me to grow in understanding and love. So I'm just going to read a little bit about this passage, this story. And also what I love about this image, it really spoke to me when I, when I found it. You could just feel there's a transmission of the reception of, of grace. That the, the blind man, as it says here, as Jesus was walking along, he saw a man who had been blind from birth. And his disciples asked, um, Rabbi, in the Jesus, why was this man born blind? Was it because of his own sins or his parents' sins? In other words, was this his karma from a past life or was this lineage karma? And Jesus said, no, it was not because of his sins or his parents' sins. This happened so the power of God could be seen in him. In other words, this experience, so there's multiple experiences we're going we're gonna to go over. We're going to go to the experience of the blind man and the experience of the Pharisees uh, when they got in contact with this presence that was coming through Jesus. For the blind man, this was an experience as a spirit. He wanted to experience the power of the Holy Spirit within him. 
Now, Jesus, when he saw this, he said to his disciples, we need to do this quickly. Uh, night is coming. So Jesus spit on the ground, made mud with the saliva and spread the mud over the, the blind man's eyes. And he told the blind man, go wash yourself in the pool. And so there was no, no question, no hesitancy, no confusion, no doubt. The blind, the, the blind man went and washed and came back seeing. And all the neighbors and others were, were confused and astonished and saying, wasn't this, wasn't this guy, didn't he, how could he see? And what happened to you? And the blind man said, uh, he just, he came over and he, he told me to go wash myself, wash myself clean, essentially, that, that I could receive grace. And so I went and I washed and now I can see. And I just, I love this, this openness, this almost innocence in a sense. And you could feel it through this imagery, this, just this trust that he could really feel the, the tone of Jesus. He can feel that, that energy that was flowing through no matter what was happening for him. So the story goes on and the Pharisees got involved. <laughs> so Poor Pharisees, they they get they get so much crap all the time. But they they, they needed to <laughs> they needed to break free of something, so it makes sense. But anyway, the, the Pharisees started questioning the blind man, and they didn't believe it. And he said, "What happened here?" They even got the blind man's parents and said, "Hey, was this was your son blind from birth?" And and they just they just couldn't get their head around. And more directly, they couldn't feel at their heart. They couldn't see with their heart what was really going on because they were so closed down. And so they challenged the blind man and they said this was, they, they, they started saying all kinds of things. And how could you, how could you let this happen? And this isn't right. And, and the blind man simply said, well, you know, they were calling Jesus a sinner because he was performing this on the Sabbath, the day of rest. And the blind man said, well, whether he's a sinner or not, I don't know. One thing I do know, I was blind and now I can see. In other words, I don't know. I don't, I don't care about the labels. I don't care about the definitions of what, what it means, what you think sinning means or, or the rules or the beliefs. There's presence here. And I simply received. And that's the important thing. And then, (laughs) and the Pharisees didn't like that. And they kept saying, how can you allow this to happen? And and there's just, and the blind man said, look, I told you once, didn't you listen? Why do you want to hear it again? Do you want to become his disciples too? So that's a little Bible humor. He's like, well, what's going on with these guys? Why can't they see this? And then they said, well, we're disciples of Moses. And we know that God spoke to Moses. But we don't even know where this man, Jesus, comes from. And the blind man says, well, that's, that's strange. He healed my eyes, and yet you don't know where he comes from. We know that God doesn't listen to sinners, but he's ready to hear those who worship him and do his will, essentially. If we listen, then grace can come upon us. And I, I love this because it just shows that when we can really, really open and go beyond the boundaries of what we see, then the promise, that promise that that shepherd story speaks about, about being green pastures, can be received. I found these two images on the, on the web recently, and I just love this because it. Um, a lot of times we... We're not sure of what to do when we want to be healed. And really all that's asked of us is simply to give everything we have, to give up our pain, to give up our, to surrender our concepts of things, to, to give the pain of the heart up, to be that we can be that innocent. And it's really all that's asked is to be very honest through 
self-awareness and to practice being with what is. And that's all that's asked. And what happens when, when that happens over time, we're given a gift. And so in the blind man's case, he was given a gift to see what, act- what reality actually is. That it's, it's not what we think it is. And so he could then see with his heart. And this is the gift that we're given too, that when we open up our hearts to God, no matter what we're, circumstances we're facing, that God's heart pours back into ours. So I want to just open it up and bring Christy and Padre in and ask both of them a question. And Padre, we'll start with you. So if you could share a time when you were like the blind man and you knew you were blind to something and you're still, but you're still willing to see the truth beyond what you knew and open up to God's grace. What unexpected inner transformation happened when you did and how has that inner transformation shifted you to this day? How, how, how do you see life differently because of it? Yeah, I definitely walked in those blind man's eyes in a sense, at least spiritually. I think you've heard this story before, but it really relates to this, the question that Ryan is presenting for me. What I was blind to back when I was a youth, my parents wanted to send me on a, a boy's retreat to encounter Christ. And it's like, well, I go to church. I'm a Catholic. I go to church. I think I know Christ. You know, that little stubborn is like, I don't want to do what you want me to do. <laughs> so we agreed I would go, but with the condition that if I didn't like it, they come and get me. Here it was in another state that I was going to. And it was my first time away from home. So, you know, with all that acknowledgement, once they delivered me <laughs> to the, the retreat center, and then they laughed. And it's like, well, they didn't ask me, do you like it? Do you not? <laughs> And I remember this anger came up in me. So the blindness came over me, even though it's a a good program, but it was like, they didn't give my, I didn't have my permission. I wanted them to say, take me back home. But as a good parent, no, this would be good for you. So we went through the whole program and I just sat there like this through the whole program. I go, I'm going to prove them wrong. I'm not going to receive Christ. (laughs) It was just that rebellion that I had, the anger. And it wasn't our team leader, who was a young gentleman, a married one with kids. He was so compassionate. He could see I was closed up. And all he did was keep, like a Ryan, he just, you know, it's okay, Paul. It's okay. Feel what you need to feel. And it was like, it was my first time of trying to resist, but I could feel the love that was coming through that. And long story short, one of the pinnacles was we went to confession. And this was the first time, usually in a box. Priest is here, you're here. But this time it was face to face, which I've never done before. And all of a sudden, I felt the kindness, the love of the priest. And it's like, you hear me, you accept me, even though I sinned and missed the mark. And so those two elements that broke my heart open, by the end of the our conference, which was for four days, the retreat, saying goodbye to the team, my mentor came and gave me a big hug. And all of a sudden, the power of God, the love of God just consumed me. And it was that open door. And from that point on, I'm a follower of Christ. I know who he is. I know the love he has for me. And it it took me to where I am today. Uh, I don't say a spiritual leader. We're all walking this path together in love, in kindness, in forgiveness. So, but it did change my life. And like the blind man, Mm -hmm. now I can see, especially with my heart. 
Beautiful. Thank you, Padre. And I, I know that when that's an experience like that is so personal, it's, it's hard to even put words to it when you have an experience of the Christ energy. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. And it's, it's, so thank you for sharing that. Cause I, I can feel your heart as you're sharing it. It almost doesn't matter what you say. I can feel that experience you had. And I think that's what we all, you know, are looking for is that direct experience. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you, Padre. Christy, I'm going to ask you the same question. You want me to repeat it? <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. I'm ready. You know <laughs> okay. This was a really profound question. I had to sit with it for a few days. And what came from spirit was about around five years ago, Francois, my husband and I were blessed to get to go to Brazil to the Casa de Ignacio. And we're really excited and as most of you know, it's a spiritual pilgrimage and it brings up a lot. And right before Francois started getting really, really sick, like so sick that I'd come home and he, I, he couldn't even respond to me. So the night before we were to leave to go to Brazil, he was in the hospital in the ER for 24 hours. And I was like, oh my God, I contacted Dana and I said, is he supposed to go? Dana said, just get him on the plane. And I'm like, okay. So we take the trip to the airport. I got everything, got my suitcase. He's got a suitcase. I got everything under control. And we arrive, we check in, they click us through, we go through security and they pick up my passport and they said, oh, young lady, you're not going anywhere. Your passport's expired. And I was like, no, I, Francois will die if I'm not there. Right. Mm -hmm. I, I had this concept or attachment that if I wasn't there, he wouldn't be okay. And it was devastating. I was just like, this can't be happening. And I almost passed out, honestly. And I had to let Francois go through that portal, through security by himself. And he could barely walk. And I just, I, I was in shock. And I felt the presence with me. I couldn't freak out as much as my ego wanted me to, to go into the drama because I felt held. I felt the energies of the divine there. I couldn't see what was ahead. I was totally blind. I called Dana. I'm like, what? Ah. he said, nope, you got to let Francois go. This is his path. And your path now is to stay in the present. So I went home. Long story short, I got my passport miraculously within 24 hours, which is not possible. <laughs> and I had a personal retreat for that 24 hours of just being with the presence and trusting, even though I couldn't see the path ahead, even though I was terrified that Francois was going to die to really just keep trusting and trusting. I made it to Brazil. It, Francois was practically healed by the time I got there, the, he'd taken his spiritual step and I had to let go. That was my my peace that I was missing, I, I thought, well, if I have it under control, then everything will be fine. But I was being asked to let go so that the divine presence could do the work. Yeah. What an incredible story I, of trust and faith and, and love, that, that higher love that you both tapped into and stayed with. And I remember that too. And I remember mm -hmm. thinking like, wow, this is they're going to, this is some initiation of some kind for that's happening in a, in a big level. And, and I remember it speaking to all, to us there as well, just the faith and trust that you all had. So particularly when you're in partnership with someone too, to be yeah. able to, to, to let go. Yeah. Thank you, Christy. Thanks, Ryan. It, so, you know, there are, there are 
experiences that we all have where they're challenging, but something does, when we let go, something does come over us, this grace. And there's a, something takes over that makes it easier. There's also times when it's a little different and we have some work to do. There's, let's say, more karma involved. And in these times, that's what I want to talk about as well, because this, this story of the blind man also subtly speaks to this about the Pharisees and the Pharisees respond. The Pharisees respond in a way that they're, they're caught in their conditioning. So this is the other version of what can happen is there's so much fear that we, we run away when we are presented with the light because the light may not look like we think it's supposed to look like. It might not be a lot of angels floating around in front of us. It could be we're in the fire of truth or the unknown. And so when I look at this image, this is, this is oftentimes even the simplest things in the day. It doesn't have to be some big thing. It could be, what's the best for me to eat today? <laughs> or what's the best way to, to take care of myself today? You know, and we get a message and part of us starts running away, right? But all these little things add up. And we are, we are constantly being invited through the voice of the Holy Spirit and through Jesus, if he's a personal connection of yours to do very practical things in the day so that we can, we can all stay in that place within us that helps us, that place of that light within us that helps us be of service to ourselves, to other people. But these things happen. And part of this is it's just part of life where these things are going to happen where something in us is going to start running away. And it's important that we catch that. And that's what that's part of the story is saying. And that's what the, the shepherd a good shepherd story is talking about too. So this is what I want to talk about next. So, so this is what I want to talk about next is love. So I, I love that song. I actually just found it um, a few days ago. And it's written by uh, Jeremy Camp and his wife, Adrian Camp. And there's this beautiful movie called I Still Believe, which maybe some of you have seen that it's about Jeremy Camp's life and his first wife, passed away with cancer four, four months after they were married. And so the, the, the journey, he, it showed, the movie shows the journey he went on trying to save her. And she, went to, she got rid of cancer the first time, but the second time she passed. And it's the story of his faith. And no matter what was happening, the, the trust in God just kept getting stronger and stronger. So, and he, he ran away from that door uh, a number of times when, when the, the hardships were happening. But he found a way back. So it, I want to, that's what I want to talk about next. When we really face these difficult times, make sure I see if I cry when I start talking about some of this. So this is, this is my, one of my guides. It's both Jesus and the light behind Jesus. And I've been cultivating this for some time. I had an experience with Jesus many years ago in a healing room where I was going through a dark night. And I just, my prayer was just to, to have a direct experience of Jesus, of, of God. And all of a sudden, Jesus came, came into me, almost like it's hard to describe these experiences. I've actually never shared this except for two other people, um, but I'm getting to share this one piece. So it was kind of like he was laying down and he settled into my body and came in and then there was no, no separation. So I lost all identity as Ryan, Ryan went away and it was just Jesus, the Christ energy. It was complete peace. There was no fear at all. And this is, this is not something I, I, I didn't ask for this, this experience to happen in this way. 
but it did. And what it showed me was, well, what happened was <laughs> in the midst of this experience, this little, little ego voice came in and said, are you worthy of this? And, and I noticed it and it, I wasn't judging the voice. So I was just noticing it and, and it just kind of stayed there. So it wasn't a hundred percent the Christ, <laughs> the unity consciousness. It was kind of like 99%. And then slowly it started dissipating and I, I came back, but I was left with a, a, a very powerful presence and an understanding that it was about this worthiness of love. That really, that's the, that's the journey we're on to, to really walk through this, this bigger doorway. Uh, to experience this unity consciousness, but it's beyond that. For me, it's heart consciousness. There was a fullness to everything. So I share this because this is going to set up another story that I want to share. So that experience stayed with me for many years. Uh, it, it still does. And But like all of us, we, f- we forget things or it's challenging when we have challenging moments come. So these, these experiences, these Otherworldly mystical experiences don't always last to the degree that they, they do, but there's memory that we can still access in, in different ways. So over, and I had one of these moments last year, uh, my birthday and in September, and it was on the day of my birthday where my, my faith was, was shaken uh, a lot on that day, actually for about a week. And then things started turning around, but I had a health challenge and I, I woke up on my birthday, it was quite a gift, and I couldn't breathe. And I uh, went to Arit, uh, who's one of my healers, and we both looked at it and read it, and, and we both said, I need to go to the ER. So I went to the emergency room. And it's getting worse. And they found, um, they didn't find anything. They did a gazillion tests. They didn't find anything. I was relatively calm, but there was that, that part of me that was like, what's going on here? They, they're not finding anything. My white cell, blood cell counts are a little high. So I was indicator of something, but it wasn't, it wasn't a heart attack, which was good. And, but it certainly felt like something like that was happening. So they released me after a few hours. And the minute I walked out of the, the hospital, everything got worse and it's gradually. So it wasn't one of those things where it was so bad I had to go back in, but I could feel like something's off. So I went, went back home, Miriam, Miriam picked me up. And over that course of that week, it, it steadily got more and more intense, not just I can breathe, but there was actually a, uh, like a clamp that was on my, on my chest. So I couldn't stand or sit. I'm sorry, I couldn't lay down or, or sit. I could only stand. And it was in those moments where I started to question. I started to question this, this deep connection that I'd fostered with, with Jesus and all these experiences. And and it got worse and worse. And I got so much support from a big team of people that were helping from actual doctors to healers and Padre and Arit and Miriam and Bob. And gosh, it was just surrounded by and Dana and um, by people and Eric. And the, the message I kept getting over and over again was this was a spiritual crisis, that there was something deeper going on inside of me that needed spiritual healing, that the physical healing could only be discovered it, it was discovered at some point and i got medication for it and supplements however the deeper thing was a spiritual crisis and i really needed to address that and there were moments where i wanted to run away i wanted to run away from that light of truth because it was so painful not to be able to lie down or sit or breathe every breath i took was was very difficult it felt like my last breath and which, which does something when you're, when you feel like whether you are or not, whether you feel like you're close to death, particularly when you can't breathe, I could breathe like 
think about that much. But every breath was like a wrench clamping down. So when that happens, it can really challenge our faith when we have big experiences. It may not be health. It could be finances or any a breakup of relationships, someone passing away. It could be any number of things that are happening to us that we get these moments that are just very real and we just need to be honest. There's something I just, I'm, I'm facing. I don't know what to do. And I remember Jesus telling me, I said, I, I want to I want to live. What do I do? Because I just didn't know what to do. And he said, I'll show you. So now I knew that all of the healers around me were, were, were so uh, beautiful. And, and Miriam was constantly getting me to focus on the highest vibrational things possible every moment. That's how much focus I needed. Every breath needed to be a focus for, for about a week, which does something to you. <laughs> so, sorry, this is just the power. When we could just be with what is. So I decided I wanted to live. And Jesus said, you know, you have a lot of work here to do. I want to show you some things of how to get back to the, the usual ways you do things, <laughs> the usual ways you connect, which are much easier. But there is a path there, which you're going to have to listen. And it's going to be some things that maybe you don't usually do. So I had to put my inner Pharisee away, or at least talk to it, and say, we, we, got, we got a little work to do, <laughs> which is also what Dana told me. We got some work to do. <laughs> so now there's many angles on why this happened, which I won't get into all of them. A lot of it was karmic stuff. A lot of things, there were little indicators over time. And those voices we have like, oh, I've done this work or I've, I've healed this part or I've addressed my inner child or, or whatnot. And this was such a deep level that I hadn't gone to before and it really needed to be addressed. So, so I, now what's interesting on that very day that I had this experience, Christy posted on my birthday, this image. And I remember looking at this image and saying, oh, God, this is, there's something about this. And it really stayed with me over these weeks. So this, ex this whole experience for me lasted a couple months. The first couple weeks were, were the hardest. But this, this image, what it reminded me of was just to trust, just to trust that I was actually entering into the unknown here. And this was something I had not entered before. I was facing fears of death, concepts I'd never looked at before about God about life. And I heard a, a voice say, make room for me, Ryan, make room for me again, because I'm going to show you some things you haven't seen before. And during this time, so thank you, Christy, for posting that, because it was something that really supported me on an unconscious level. I knew there was something really important about it from my journey. Uh, and she had no idea. This is the first time she's hearing this. <laughs> so what I, the, when you're kind of facing this sort of situation, whether you're going to die or not, but it certainly felt like it at times. The two questions that come coming were, have I lived my purpose? And did I love well? Did I love well enough here? And I started the, the first question, spent some time with, but really the second question is what got me back. And I said, no, I haven't loved well enough. And I, I haven't loved myself well enough. There are some areas that, that need loving. And there's those parts of me, those inner dragons, which need to be understood from a much higher place from a place of non-conditional love, like Christy mentioned before. So I, that's why I went on a journey. This is from a movie called How to Train Your Dragon. It's a, just an excellent movie if you want to know how to train your dragon. <laughs> and this is, this is the journey I went down. And this was the message that Jesus was telling me. So I had to put down my armor. 
And that part of me, there's this part in the blind man story where the Pharisees say to the blind man, because the blind man's really speaking his truth here once he got his sight back and he could see, he had a direct experience of the divine. He could really see what was going on. And, and the, the Pharisees are saying, are you trying to teach us? <laughs> so they were, they just didn't want to hear because they couldn't, they couldn't understand that there was a teaching coming from a being that didn't look like he should be a teacher, but he was the, the greatest, he and Jesus, the Bible and Jesus were the greatest teachers in that moment for, for them. So I wanted to make sure that any part of me that was thinking I knew something could relax and could be supported by a presence of love so that I can actually see what was going on. Cause that's, this was, again, this was a spiritual crisis. So, so I uh, spent time in realizing that one of the messages I got next was I, I just being a musician, I, I feel, I experience life when I want to, I experience life as tones, which are very, it's very hard to describe, but they're energetic tones or voices, tones, pulsations of vibration. And like all of us do, we all, we all experience this in different ways. And so I knew that my way back, Jesus was Jesus, the Holy Spirit, my, all of my guides, my whole council of guides were going to be speaking to me through tones, through frequencies to help me come back in addition to the medications and everything else I was taking, but to come back to a place of presence again. So I really started listening to frequencies of love because I needed to get I was being asked to come to a level of truth in myself. What was I, why did I come to this place? But I couldn't keep asking why until I could actually settle in my body enough that the the nervous system relaxed enough to, to see the truth. So I heard to listen to dolphin sounds, which I hadn't before. And I, I had heard, uh, seen Christy post, post these kinds of videos. And I remember and she talked about last year, I remember those, that resonance. And I remember Arit telling me stories. And I read when I was reading her book as well about the frequencies of dolphins and the healing power of dolphins. So I, I listened over and over and over for weeks, every single day to dolphin sounds in the background, along with some meditation music. And that, that gradually started helping me come back, let's say online. The next thing I did was there's a, a man named Muji, who's an awakened being, just a beautiful, beautiful being who I listen, I listen to sometimes. I resonate with a lot of his stuff. And he has a, a prayer, a video about gratitude during challenging, uh, the, the most powerful prayer during challenging times. I listened to that over and over again. And just like you know, last week when Christy was talking about that simple prayer of gratitude, I did that every day. Every breath became a prayer. Just to be thankful for the breath, we, we talk about it in meditation be grateful for the breath. <laughs> this was really real. To be able to breathe was really real. So his tone, there's something about his voice that really spoke to me and the devotion that he had in, in the prayer, the way he demonstrated a thank you prayer. And so we're going to post that link afterwards. Um, the prayer, he gets into it about halfway through, but you can listen to the whole thing. Just the devotion. And it really taught me how to pray from my heart in the most simple ways. It didn't even have to be a lot of things. It could just be, thank you for this breath. Thank you for this breath, God. Thank you. Thank you for breathing through me. Thank you for allowing me to say thank you, giving me the chance I have a voice to say thank you. It could be that simple. So these energy, these prayers of, of gratitude just got stronger and stronger, as well as 
The next thing was imagery. So I couldn't walk very well. It was just too difficult. The, that clamp was too strong on my chest area. And so I, I looked at images and I love this one because it, it's a, a, a flower that's, it looks like it's looking at you like the eyeballs in the flower. And so I looked at this thing so often, just like, God, this flower on that walk. I can't wait to walk again if that is what is promised. I, I just like going on a walk again is going to be so different. And so I used imagery to allow the voice of the Christ energy, the voice of Jesus, the voice of my guides, the voice of God to speak to me, to help get me better as well. So, oh yes, of course, this is one of the things I want to share. So I spent time when I could, when I could walk, walking into Miriam's room. Her room is, is just incredible. Her, her office, her art studio room. And not everyone knows, but she's an artist and, and we're partners. That's why I was walking to her room <laughs> during COVID. So we live in the same home. So I was walking to her room and I didn't know that this painting was speaking to me. She had painted this months before, I believe. And it was in my unconscious. It was just sitting there. And I, I, it was, she was working on another painting at, during this time and just helping me so much staying focused on gratitude and and love and in and, and my heart. And, but this, this painting was working itself. And I remember sitting down at my keyboard and at one point when I was starting to feel a little better and I heard the voice, this is time to play. This is time to play music. And I just heard press record and I didn't think about it. And I thought I was just going to play for three minutes. And I started playing the piano for almost an hour. And, and I will share that once the, that song is out, but that's going to be my next album. But there's a, uh, an energy of grace that came through that healed me. That was part of the healing process of many things, but that was a very healing exchange. It was an exchange with God. It was a, there was really a, a communication with God happening. And the, the, the name I got for it was love's embrace, because this is really, uh, this was really about love. I could not see the truth I needed to see, which was letting go of all I had been holding on to all the, all the pains, all the things I thought I did wrong in my life or past lives, all those places I couldn't forgive myself. I thought I really was a fire eating dragon. Who knows? Maybe it was. And you know, <laughs> all those places I, I just was hard to touch with love. And it was love that brought me back to be able to see this presence, this pre God's love, not the human love, but God's love, this presence to see what I was, what I needed to see, to see in order to come back to life, literally, and to walk through that door. So thank you, Marianne, for this painting. You will all see it. It'll be on the cover of the CD as well. So, so this is one of the things that I start, once I start getting better, that I realized, and I've always felt this, but it's just something just blew wide open in me. After a couple months, there was such a heart awakening. And this is one of the things that Bob, Bishop Bobby said to me was this was a heart awakening. You know, there's a lot of angles to look at this and they were all true. And this was one of them that every time our part of our heart is loved or your heart is loved, a part of the world is healed. And every time we honor another, a part of us is set free. A part of us is set free. And this is what oneness actually is. And I felt myself going through this experience. I felt so connected to people going through COVID. I didn't have COVID. I had an infection. But it wasn't, but I, I started feeling connected to people that couldn't breathe. I, I could feel connected to just compassion, like a, a, an understanding of the fears of death and the 
Did I love well enough? Did I do my work here? All these sorts of things that may cross people's minds. Is there God? Is there a God? Is there presence? And the more that I allowed myself to come back to life, this message really, really stuck to me. You know, because when with the power of God, God's love, anything really is possible, whether it's it's our time to go and transition and we go into the light with peace or it's we come back and it's time to do more work here to serve because there is a lot of work to do. But we do it from a place of presence, not trying to fix anyone or even trying to fix ourselves. It's really about allowing the presence to support us. So, so when this happens, we become the channel for God. We become the door. If we really allow ourselves to move through an experience and walk through that door, God says, I want you to be the door for grace. I want you to be the door for peace. I want you to be the door for love. Because you are my arms, my hands. You are my mouthpiece on this planet. So with that, I'm going to bring back Christy and Padre. The first thing I'm going to ask them just to come into this conversation. And I know that was a lot to present, but I, I apologize we're going over. It's just Spirit really wanted that to be shared. Because I know a lot of people are going through a lot of things right now. So I'm going to, I'm going to ask Christy first. When has it been hard for you to walk through that door? Maybe you were like the Pharisee, like I was the Pharisee in that story, right? First, and, and it was hard to trust God and see the truth. What, what was the key that eventually helped you to trust and walk through the door into the light and, to, and to, to be that door? So was there anything you had to let go of in order to do that? Ryan, just, I'm so touched by what you just shared. Let me just <laughs> acknowledge that. That was really beautiful. Thank you for your vulnerability. So I would say this question just really is so deep because my inner Pharisee shows up as doubt or like the inner critic. And I have been asked by Dana and Padre and to step up and speak in front of groups, which is really (laughs) not my favorite thing. And Dana for many years would say, when are you teaching? When are you teaching at the foundation for spiritual development. And I was like, no. And I would walk away from the door in the very fast direction opposite of what he was showing me. I mean, he kept showing me and having so much patience like God has with us when we run from the door. Finally, after clearing a lot of my own doubt and doing a lot of work interpersonally, I was able to step into that and to show up in the presence was what helped me let go of the doubt and the inner sabotaging voices. Uh, I couldn't do that without tapping into the presence. That's the big key for me, like praying, surrendering and saying, God, I, I don't know what they are seeing here. <laughs> Help me. <laughs> so that's my big secret is just asking for the yeah. divine to help me and to strengthen me because on my own, it's not going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> That's so beautiful, Christy. And I remember this because I used to assist for, for Christy at FSD. And I remember Dana Cup bringing us together and he was saying, Christy's going to teach and you're going to assist. And I was like, oh, thank God I'm not starting teaching, but she's starting first and I'm just going to support her. <laughs> and I, I remember that time because I, I was always like, I, I can teach this other kind of stuff, but at FSD, it, it, it felt so overwhelming to me. And it was such a, a, a gift for me for you to walk through that door, Christy. Because I learned so much about teaching and I learned so much about teaching at FSD 
which has helped me to this day. So I, I thank you for, for it, you, you support a lot of people walking through that door, level three, level four too. So thank you for being that open door. Thank you, Ryan. Yeah. Thank you for your assistance all those years too. <laughs> yeah. You saw me shaking and quaking and sweating outside the door and stepping yeah. into the channel and you supporting that, holding that space for me was invaluable. So thank you. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I, Christy and I have similar fears of speaking, you know, we're both working through that and the divine wants us to, to keep stepping forward. So, so I, I can relate. Thank you so much. It takes a lot of courage to, to keep doing saying yes. And, you could have fooled me, Ryan, that you're afraid to die. Oh, ask Miriam before these things. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they, all the jitters go away once I'm on it. So, so Padre. Yeah. Uh, brother. Bro- brother and Padre and Bishop. And I'm going to ask you a different question, although you can answer that question too. But what would you say to those today on the call who are struggling to trust in God's plan for them? And you know, they're kind of at their wit's end maybe. And what can, what can they do when that regular spiritual toolbox isn't working to walk through that door? Yeah. Well, like Christy's comment about you, what you just spoke of, Ryan, you know, you just poured out your heart. You, I never knew this story. I knew part of it, but not all of it. And you know, that inner struggle, which we all will go through to enter that door or just a crisis that we're dealing with, whether it's a health. And so many have gone through COVID-19 and that fear of death, I am sure their inner soul was being awakened and asking those questions. Am I worthy of this? Is it my time? All those questions. But I love the question you're proposing because I think it's ideal in a sense of you don't think of it until you're in it and then you don't know how to get out of it. And my challenge was, and I so appreciate you presenting this question about when this toolbox is not working, what do you do? And it's, we all face that, trust me. And my experience was when Ron Roth passed away mm. and I was going through my grieving process. And for me, it was the, what I f- tried to figure out was, well, if I just go to a healing service and maybe somebody can lay hands on me, they'll give me a word. Cause I was so used to Ron's words to me. You know, I did what he wanted me to do that. I was honoring the path and all of a sudden, that person wasn't there. So no one could tell me. So I thought if I go to these healing services, somebody will give me a word and I'll go, oh, there's God and I can move on. Well, of course, you would know what would happen on the person to my right, the person to my left got lay hands laid on them and they got words. Me, nothing. <laughs> you know, it's like, then I was like, God, you know, I love you. I think you love me, but my toolboxes, I did my prayers. I did everything, but I couldn't feel I could connect. And what I found out was, God takes us out of that toolbox. And especially once he wants you to move to another level, you can't use the same toolbox. And of course, the the blessing came in our Bishop Dana when he invited me to go to California. It's like, I didn't want to go there. I want to stay in Illinois. And then I didn't want to go to that classes for sure because I heard what they were about. And it's like, I didn't want nothing to do with that. But since he <laughs> paid my way there and I go, well, I, I'll do that. Yeah. But it was the open door. But I could not use any. And then, of course, when it came time for the healing services, like it was beyond my world, 1030. I was so dead. I thought, I can't do this. And there again, what came forth was that that the release is that I can't do it, but God can. And so he taught me another tool in this great toolbox that I have now. But the resistance we all have, and like you, Ryan, you know, how do I do this? 
I've never experienced this before, but that trust in the divine, but it takes it outside of our spiritual box, toolbox. So mm. sorry for being so long with that, but no, it's beautiful. very important for yeah. the, our listeners because we all will come to that place. But then what do we do? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm really, thank you for sharing that, Padre. I know a lot of people are going through that now where this isn't working anymore. What do I do? Yeah. So I, I know this was the time to share that. Perfect. Thank you, Ryan. Thank you, Ryan, for that beautiful presentation. This brother, his words, his tone, his embracing the divine for all of us. We all just took it in. What he was expressing, we heard his heart. We heard the heart of the master, our teacher, our beloved, the divine. And as we enter into this place of devotion called our communion, communion with God, communion with each other, it opens our heart to receive the more. And you know that atmosphere is already charged with presence. And as we take these elements, and if you have them, you can bring them forth now, or, or you can do a spiritual communion if you don't have those elements with you. But as we partake in the bread, the wine, the transfiguration, bringing it into a form tonight, which is that form is with the presence within us. It helps us to recognize the God that we loved, the source of love, of the energy of gratefulness that like all of us, is in, even in Ryan's presentation tonight, he talked about his need to, I don't understand this. Forgive me, am I being punished? Or is it my karma? Is it this confusion that we go through? It said before we participate in this bread and the wine, the idea is we got to test our hearts. So I think this three levels of I am the door have opened up to some truth about ourselves, but also the world. But normally it's always about us. And if we can go within and say, God, I'm sorry for my air, my judgment, my anger, whatever it might be, or my relationship with you that I've been connected to, it brings us closer. It helps the door then to open because like Ryan said in the beginning, there's one on each side of this door and each one's listening. So I believe the divine Yeshua is ready to welcome us back in, back home again. And that's within our hearts. So as we participate in communion tonight, I'm gonna to ask Christy, what does communion, what does that host, the bread, the manna, what does that mean to you? Communion was something a little foreign to me. I'm not Catholic. And so the wording of it used to light me up pretty good, the blood of Christ. And, and so I started to look at the energy behind what was being said to really see the presence, feel the presence through this action, this sacred, like a ritual. And what I found when I really was looking in spirit was that this is like, a really sacred ritual to help me clear where I've missed the mark with God, where I haven't been aware of God or I've missed the mark. I'll just leave it at that. And in this moment of taking in the wine and the body of Christ, it helps me to acknowledge and confess to God, hey, really was way off. And these sacraments help to, for me to feel the forgiveness, the mercy, the that go back to the purity of my connection with God and helps me clear what was in the way. This it's for me, like a sacred life force that comes into me so I can become one with the presence. 
Wow. Well, beautifully said about the wine, the water. Remember, Jesus turned water into wine and he transformed us. If we participate in that form, that also can happen within us. And to me, you talked about it's the mystery, Christy. Even to identify that we missed the mark, we walked astray, we turned away, whatever it might be. God is all ears. The Spirit is all ears. He just wants to know you, know about all of you, not just part of you, but all of you. And in his goodness and his kindness, he says, you're my beloved daughter. And in that intimacy, that's, that's the heart opening up. I appreciate your thoughts. Now, Ryan, I know the, for the communion, for like man of the bread, what does that mean to you? So more, more and more, this, the, the Eucharist, and particularly the bread, is an encounter with the heart for me. And it reminds me that we all come from the same source. So there's this source, there's this one piece that's broken, and we're all the same substance. And when we take it in, there's this, there's this one line that St. Augustine says, which I, I love. It says, you must feed the body of Christ to the people of God until they know that they are what they eat. And it just reminds me that, yes, this is, that the divine is within me. The divine is within me. And I am part of all of this creation. Mm. It, supports, it supports me in what Christy was saying and being acknowledging the truth within myself as well that of where I missed the mark and where also I am one with, with all of that is around me with everyone. That's beautiful. <laughs> right. That quote, I had the same quote down here. So <laughs> it's like, yes, God, I really believe. I just want to enter into a deeper place. We've done communion many times, but it's also the, the idea of each time it's precious because the presence will manifest in us. And then also our privileges to manifest it outside of us, in our character, in our service, in our love for one another, humanity. So with that said, if you have your element, it doesn't matter what it is. It's really about what your heart is saying that it is as we enter into this presence. So for me, the, the idea is I'm offering it up, as Jesus said, to do and give thanks to God for who we are, who he is who the universe is, how the universe supports us in every way, but also that the only way we can access, I call it the next level, is about the breaking, about not using the same toolbox to enter in tonight. It's about entering to a new place, a new level of consciousness. And within that consciousness, bread, in a sense, rises up when we create it and it's like that's supernatural it's called yeast but yet that one element added all of a sudden the bread becomes hmm, nice and good <laughs> i love bread but i also love the bread of life which christ was named after so as we break the elements break our illusion of what who god is and allow that the sacredness of god to manifest in his her way we partake partakes of this tonight. So if you have your element, again, just receive the fullness, the blessing of God. So as we receive that together, I am that I am. And when Jesus took 
the wine. Again, he gave thanks, that gratitude that Ryan talked about throughout this talk tonight. He said, thank you for my life, our lives. Thank you for the purposes, for the joy of inner communion with you, the life force. And he said, take this, all of you, and drink from it. For this is the cup of my salvation, the blood of the new and everlasting covenant. So it represents what God promised the Israelites, that he will be their God and he will be their shepherd. And so that same promise, this spiritual act of, oh, I remember the promises of God, that this was just a symbolic act that said, remember, I am your source and my word goes forth and it will not go forth void. So whatever that word is, whatever promise, maybe you were promised healing tonight. Maybe you were promised abundance tonight. Maybe you were promised a new relationship or heal the relationship. Those are true in the spirit. So as we partake in this divine essence, it's an answer to your prayer. It's actually healing for your mind, your body, and spirit. So let's just receive the very precious blood of the living waters, the Christ of one. Both these elements are all about blessing, not cursing, but blessing. And once we bless that same spirit, the Holy Spirit creates with us those words. We remember two weeks ago, I talked about your words matter. Blessings matter. Gratitude matters. So as we agree together in one accord, these miracles are just manifested in our lives. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask Ryan if he would start. What is your prayer? What is your the Holy Spirit saying to you to bless those who are listening? And then follow through with Christy. Okay. Holy Spirit, source of all, creator of all. My wish, my prayer is that this separation between us and that we come, which we come from be ended that we connect with grace, with serenity, with humility, with that which created us. Help us to see and to hear and to know that voice, that attunement. Help us to let go of old ways that have run their course. Help us to be grateful for all that has come and all, all that is to come and help us to see that everything is possible in your presence. Give us that peace beyond all understanding, awaken our hearts and surround us with your presence. Let us be that open door. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Beautiful words um, going forth for our homes, our families, our personal relationship with Christ. Christy, would you follow again with prayer? Holy Spirit, we welcome you into our hearts, into our entire being now. In this moment, we can feel your presence, your love, helping us to release all fears, doubts, pain, 
anything that keeps us separate from you. We open our hearts to your peace and your grace, even in the fear of what seems insurmountable. Mm. You are the way, the truth, and the life. We welcome you and surrender all to your divine plan. We love you, God. Just want to make you aware of the very atmosphere in your home. Many of you are praying for your family members, whether it's your husband, your wife, your children, your pet. I know there's one pet that's ready to transition tonight. Flash, we pray for him, her. I don't know if it's boy or girl, but it's Flash. That goes back to the creator. We just love the atmosphere in your home because it does change things. I mentioned two or more gathered, there I am. It's one thing to go to retreat and we can really feel that energy as a group. But guess what, right now, now we're actually changing the atmosphere of our home or our business. And and that's the greatness of God. That's the love of God right now. And in that atmosphere, that's heaven here on earth. And so in heaven, there's no sickness and there's no disease, there's no separation. So if you can capture that in your heart tonight, you can decree your own healings. God, thank you for healing my breast cancer. Thank you, God, for healing my depression. Thank you, God, for healing my hearing. Thank you, God, for healing my digestive tract. Thank you, God, for healing my separation that I feel from you. These are words that the heavens, the angels hear, and then also activate on your behalf and my behalf. So whatever is on your heart right now, just decree it in a positive way. Thank you, God, for, not as a, I got this. No, thank you for the, what's the healing of. So each of us do that right now and create that atmosphere in your home. Create that atmosphere in your prayer chair. Create that atmosphere in your car, wherever you're listening to this, because it's beyond our words. So we're going outside of our spiritual box that Padre prayed for you. No, you have the authority to pray and to decree those things into your life. So let's do that right now. And go big, not just a little bit, but go big, because we all have challenges. So we'll just do that right now. I activate each of you to bring about heaven here on earth through the authority of Jesus. Whatever I do, greater things you will do. So as a, a group energy, as the Christ did one, as we move now into the favor of God, the blessings of God, we decree that health and healing to our bodies, to our finances, to our relationships. I really feel someone had bad news today and it just kind of shocked you what that was, whether it was a sickness that someone had or someone passed away, but I really feel the Holy Spirit wants to heal that traumatic moment now with his peace that passes all understanding. Just capture our hearts, O Lord, our God. Let your healing presence just dwell among us as you restore us, as you renew us, as you lift us higher in that realm of heaven. I thank you, O Lord, our God, for that blessing now that is going forth through the angels, hearing your prayer, your decrees, and that manifestation of 
God's presence, Yeshua, come Holy Spirit. Birth something brand new in each of these listeners tonight, those seekers of your truth. Come, divine grace. Come, divine love. Come, holy of holies. Just with that decree, that intensity of God's love is consuming me as well as you. We get the hostess presence in our silence, in our readings, in the scriptures, allowing that word to create. On behalf of Christy and Ryan and Marion and Brian and Susan, it's been a delight to serve you these last three weeks. But it's most of all to be loved by God as a divine brother, a divine daughter, a sisterhood, a brotherhood of grace. I seal in the good work of the Holy Spirit in your life and my life. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. May the goodness of God, the richness of God, be a favor to you and your family. In Yeshua's name. Continue to knock on that door, my friends. Someone awaits you. All right. Brian, bless you. What a great job you did tonight. Christy, kudos. Happy Hawaii, <laughs> in a sense. And our beautiful participants, thank you for joining us. Namaste. Namaste.